The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James. Described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. I just start and I just, I always start with an idea and I just write chronologically all the way through to the end. And I don't have a plan, but as I go along, ideas present themselves and yeah, I just kind of work with it. And, you know, one step leads to another and something will happen that will sort of make me think of something else. And the characters kind of drive things forward for me and then they interact with the plot. It's, it's all very organic. And I write the first draft that way. Greetings, scribes. You are still tuned in to The Writer Files. And this is your humble host, Kelton Reed, sending you positivity and prolificness, per usual, during these challenging times. This week, the internationally bestselling author of domestic suspense thrillers, Sherry LaPena, took a few minutes to chat with me about her circuitous path to success, how she subverts the idea of the perfect white picket fence family, and her unique process as a novelist. She's the author of popular suburban paranoia thrillers, including The Couple Next Door and Someone We Know, and multiple New York Times and Sunday Times of London bestsellers. The Couple Next Door was an international breakout, a New York Times bestseller for an astounding 23 consecutive weeks. Her books have sold more than 7 million copies worldwide in 37 countries. Her latest is The End of Her, a book that will have readers questioning their spouse's past and their own judgment as well. Number one New York Times bestselling author Ruth Ware said of the book, no one does suburban paranoia like Sherry LaPena. And a quick note on this one, it was recorded at the end of July, 2020. In this file, Sherry and I discussed how her process starts from the kernel of a perfect murder, why she intentionally starts out not knowing her ending, her work ethic, daily routines and inspiration, and rules and no-nonsense advice to getting words onto the page. Stay safe and stay sane out there. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And we are back on The Writer Files 
I am uh, honored today to be joined by special guest. I've got best-selling author, Sherry LaPena. Thanks so much for hopping on here to talk with us about all things writing. And uh, yeah, how are you surviving over there? I believe you're in Toronto, yeah? Yeah, Toronto. And we're still in you know, partial lockdown here. We're in what they call stage two. Yeah. So I'm basically just staying home and wearing a mask all the time. Yeah. <laughs> when I go out. Yeah, right. You don't wear a mask at home. Uh, you, no. you could just to scare your spouse or your <laughs> friends. But yeah, uh, so it's a weird time to be promoting a book. I understand, you know, there are certain challenges, but I'm sure that you're making the best of it and doing a lot of this kind of thing. Yeah, lots of virtual promotion this year. Yeah. So your voice is tired, I'm sure. Yeah, because for a couple of days, I've been doing a lot of interviews and uh, it does you know, you start to cough after a while, but it's not COVID. It's okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> Just to be sure. But uh, yeah, I want to talk all about your latest um, installment of thrillers. Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh, your superhero origin story and just kind of take us back to the beginning. And I know it's a circuitous route for most authors um, to bestseller, but yeah, give us kind of the Cliffs edition of how you got here and... Um, yeah, what kind of uh, that that interesting path? Yeah, I think it is always circuitous for writers. I don't know anyone who just you know writes a book and hits the big time. So for me, I started out writing literary uh, novels, comedies actually. Yeah. I wrote a couple of those in Canada, um, but I'd always wanted to write a thriller, and it just uh, took me a while to get to it because I don't know how to plot ahead. So. I, uh, I avoided writing a thriller because I didn't know how to plot or outline. But then I just thought, oh, what the hell? And I just sat down and just wrote one. I wrote The Couple Next Door, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, you know, it's it's uh, it's possible to write a book without outlining it ahead of time, even if it's a thriller. Because <laughs> um, I, I could do it with my literary books. But, you know, I thought thrillers had to be a little more um, thought through before you wrote them. But apparently sure. they don't have to be. Uh, yeah. So I wrote a couple next door and I got a, a thriller agent in particular instead of using my r- regular literary agent. And she sold it, uh, you know, kind of overnight and it became a big hit. And so I, I like to say my um, overnight success actually took 16 years yeah. of writing every of writing every day. Um, right. And I think that's true for most writers. I think most people are writing for many years before they ever get a contract. And, for sure. You know, that was, that was certainly the case for me. So, um, yeah, so that book hit the big time and it looked like it came out of nowhere. But like I said, I'd been writing every day for 16 years. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, of course that 16 year overnight success is something we joke about a lot, um, yeah. with writers yeah. because it does seem so often to be the case. It doesn't, there's very, very rarely that actual kind of unicorn story. Um, Yeah. It takes a long time to learn to write properly. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's time consuming. For sure. And I want to talk about your process and g- dig into um, this unique kind of way you go about writing your thrillers. But um, yeah, you, <laughs> you're like the queen of, what is it, this um, kind of domestic suspense and, and paranoia, suburban paranoia mm-hmm. that uh, I think it was Ruth Ware said no one does suburban paranoia like Sherry LaPena. And um, I love that blur. But um, yeah, talk talk about kind of 
as a pantser, as someone who doesn't necessarily <laughs> outline thoroughly, I know that you have this unique process and it's um, special, obviously, to each author, but talk a little bit about the writing process and kind of um, some about your uh, idea of kind of sub- subverting <laughs> the uh, idea of kind of the white picket fence, perfect family um, in your books. Okay. So my process, as I said, was I don't outline. So I usually, or I always start with an idea of something like a kernel that gets me excited. And I think it has a lot of potential. So in this case, the idea that I came up with was something I saw in the news about um, someone who had died in a car when it was being dug out of the snow. So there was a man who was digging the car out of the snow. The wife and the child were waiting in the running car um, while he dug it out, and they died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And this happens all over the place every once in a while. It's not unheard of. If Mm -hmm. the tailpipe is plugged with snow, then people can die in the car. So I thought, you know, it was ruled an accident, as as it always is, and, and it's a terrible thing. But it's also, you know, if you're looking for a good premise to hang a thriller on, it's a really good way to murder your wife um, if you want to get away with it. So then I thought, wow, that is the perfect opening for a novel where you're not sure whether a man has murdered his wife or not, or there's just, he's a terrible victim. uh, He's had a terrible time with this, or he did it on purpose. And I just thought, okay, that I can, I can write a book on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I start with. And then I, I just, I just start and I just, I always start with an idea and I just write chronologically all the way through to the end. And I don't have a plan, but as I go along, ideas present themselves and yeah, I just kind of work with it. And, you know, one step leads to another and something will happen that will sort of make me think of something else. And the characters kind of drive things forward for me. And then, they interact with the plot and it's, it's all very organic and I write the first draft that way. And I don't generally know how it's going to end until almost the very end. And then when that's done and I have a draft and I have basically my story and all my characters, then I spend months rewriting it, tightening it, you know, fine tuning the plot, putting things in, taking things out. So yeah, it's sort of a, freewheeling creative process for half and then the other half is very analytical that's interesting because it is different for every writer as mm-hmm. i'm sure as i'm sure you know talk a little bit just about kind of get your creative process you know because there's something to that as you've mentioned like you start with this kernel this idea this perfect murder and then you know it kind of grows and organically for you into its own uh suburban nightmare uh, or what have you. And yeah, talk about kind of the incubation process you're writing when you're, you know, like when you're facing a deadline, kind of how you're incubating these ideas and then maybe getting them onto the page. Are you doing it daily? Is it a, a ritual for you? Or do you kind of, you know, are there times when you run into block or, or you know, kind of lean on procrastination? Uh, well, for me, I'm very disciplined and I do have very tight deadlines because I, I have a book a year. But they're kind of fluid deadlines. Like, I just know I have to write a book between, you know, May and October. I have to have the first draft done. And there's no one standing over me saying, have you done your writing this week? It's just I'm very disciplined. And I I write my thousand words or 1500 words every day. 
And then the editors look at it and then I work even harder revising and polishing and and so on. So I I would say, you know, discipline is the main thing. Habit. um, I'm very persistent and I don't wait for inspiration because I never... The only place I ever get inspiration is in the shower in the morning, and sometimes I'll have some ideas. <laughs> yeah. But I don't have a long t- I don't spend a long time incubating ideas. I basically don't have time to do that. I, I pick up an idea that I'm going to hang a book on, and then I basically I have to start hitting my quota every day or I'm not going to make my deadline. So for me, when I sit down every day, the ideas come. I don't really have blocks. Blocks are, I think, from being a perfectionist. And, you know, if you're too worried about if the writing is really good, if you're too worried about, you know, if your idea is stupid, then you sit there and you don't write anything. So if I have a day where nothing's coming, I'll still write and I will always move the story along. And then I can always go back the next day. I always revise the previous day's work before I write the the new day's work. Uh And, you know, uh, I just do it one step at a time. And I know enough to keep going forward every day. And, yeah, I just find that that works for me. Like I, I don't put too much pressure on myself for for the book to be perfect or, you know, I just want to move it forward. And when I go back and I read it the next day, I go, Oh yeah, there's something really interesting there that moved it in this direction. So usually the next day I go back and I go, yeah, yeah, I like that. And then I tighten it up and I hone it. So I do a quick revision, you know, before I do the new stuff each day. So yeah, it just it works for me. I don't I, when I'm not writing the book, I don't think about it. I only really ever think about it when I'm sitting at the computer. But I believe that my mind is always thinking about it in the background, you know, For sure. because if you're thinking about something for several hours a day, and then you take time off, I think your brain percolates when you're consciously doing something else. That's why you get so many great ideas in the shower, like you're consciously, you know, having a shower, but your mind is ticking along in the background, it comes out with great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I even have heard of the trick of having a uh, like a waterproof whiteboard and pen in the shower, <laughs> which seems <laughs> to defeat heard. the purpose. But you know, because maybe if, yeah, never heard never heard of that. <laughs> but I will get out of the shower and write stuff down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's the one place, and I I think because I'm my freshest in the morning. I like to write first thing in the morning. Okay. And then by the middle of the day, I've had so many interruptions and so many people after me that, you know, my brain is just blown and I can't think anymore. Um, so I think first thing in the morning is, is just when my brain is freshest and I, I'm more, and maybe it's from dreaming. Like I remember a lot of my dreams and I think I have Mm. a really fluid relationship with my unconscious, which makes me sound a bit nutty, but I'm not nutty. I just, I do remember my dreams a lot. So I have a fairly, what's the word? Like there's a, I, mm-hmm. I, because I can remember, like my husband doesn't remember his dreams at all. So right. he's not, I don't think he's really in touch with his unconscious ideas as, as much as I am. Like there's more fluidity between mine. Cause you know, all your ideas come from your unconscious. Sure. You know, so anyway, yeah, that's, my, that's my theory. And I sure. think that your, your mind is always working on things and solving problems, even when you're not consciously thinking about it. So that's why right. you have those aha moments, right? We go, aha, that's that's the solution. Right. So I, that's what I think. I think that's what happens when I'm writing. Sure, sure. But the trick to everything is just discipline. If you sit down every day and write, I think the ideas do come. If you're just floundering around, you know, waiting for inspiration, you'll wait all day. That's my feeling anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And, and it probably informs the work and how... Um, 
successful your thriller writing career has been today. But yeah, talk a little bit about the end of her, um, your latest, and the end of her will have readers questioning their spouse's past and their own judgment as well. <laughs> it's uh, it's great stuff. But um, yeah, it's um, taut suspense, and obviously um, you're the kind of the master of this the suburban paranoia. I love that. I love that phrase. But um, talk about the latest, and you know, kind of. I know you. I know you talked about what inspired it, but talk a little bit just about. I don't know um, the why behind the book, and then uh, kind of what's what's next for you as a writer. The why, well. Hmm. Why did I write that particular book? Well, I, I always like stories about whether someone you know did a horrible thing or not. So I've I've always been fascinated by stories like um did you see the staircase on Netflix? I haven't the guys. No. Oh, so good. It's about a guy, I forget his name, but writing it down. his wife either fell or was pushed down the stairs. Uh. And he was charged with murder and, and it was, it's a documentary about the trial. Okay. And, you know, and his family all stood behind, you know, behind him and everything. And it was just so riveting because you get to know this guy and you think, well, he seems like a really nice guy, but could he have actually killed his wife on purpose? Because that's where the evidence is kind of leading you. Yeah. And, you know, think, I, I love stories like that because I just want to know. So I wanted to write that kind of a book where, mm-hmm. you know, did he or didn't he? And I also wanted to write a, a book with a baddie, like a really bad character in it, which is Erica. She's pretty malevolent mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So I really enjoyed writing her because she's a, a real manipulative, calculating, cold, lying, um, but not always lying, um, psychopath, basically, who's um, destroying lots of people's lives. Yeah. And uh, she was a very interesting character to get inside of. Right. So getting inside of these. So, so yeah, there is kind of a, um, a cinematic quality to, to your writing. What kind of informs that? Is it, you know, are you a, a great fan of, um, you know, you mentioned kind of some true crime stuff. What, uh, yeah, kind of what, what are some of your inspirations or, or muses in that, in that regard that kind of inform these malevolent psychopaths? Um, like in terms of movies? Yeah, sure. I mean, movies or books or, yeah, kind of in addition to uh, that true crime genre. um, I loved like the whole Lizzie Borden story. Um, You know, did she kill her parents or not? Um, Like I said, I like these ones where you you really don't know. There's a question like you think Lizzie Borden did it, but we really don't know for sure. So I I like things like that. I do like um, true crime. I was just recently watching on Netflix something called The White House Farm Murders, mm. which is based on it. You heard of that one? It's really Mm-mm. good. It's um, it's based on a true story in the in England in I don't know the seventies maybe or the sixties about um, a whole family gets murdered in this farmhouse, and eventually they they find out it was the uh, the son who did it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do like these where the families kill. <laughs> you know, there's supposed to be something wrong with me. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I like. I like these close to home murders because it's just fascinating to me, like to look at someone you think, you know, and think, Oh, you really might not know them as well as you think you do. And they might've done something really awful. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So how does, you know, kind of this current time in history, um, with this very 
challenging in a pandemic that everybody's facing, but all of these other kind of concentric circles of crises that we talk about so often. Um, how is that informing your work as you as you move forward, as you as you work on the next um, thriller? I assume you're writing a thriller. I don't know, but I am. I, I I'm about halfway through the first draft of my next thriller, and I did start it during the pandemic, um, but I've set it right before the pandemic hits, so mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with the pandemic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think it's going to be very difficult for people to write the pandemic because, I mean, it's a very interesting time and I'm sure there are going to be some very interesting books out about it, Mm -hmm. um, but not written by me because I think it's very hard to write a thriller when everyone's locked down in their house, (laughs) um, unless you write a locked room thriller. And I did that once before and I'm not doing it again, but Uh. um, you know, you, you need to be able to move your characters around. You need to have things happen when everything's shut down. That's kind of hard to do, but like I said, someone will do it. Someone will write amazing books about these times, but uh, not me. And as you say, I like your your phrase, concentric circles of crisis, because that's exactly what we seem yeah. to be having right now. I mean, yeah. you don't even know what to focus on. There's just so much going on yeah. everywhere yeah. right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I write books to take my mind off it in a way. I like that. I like that. Um, all right, well, before we wrap up with your... Uh, final kind of advice to fellow scribes on how to keep going um of course i will point at uh your home base there which is sherrylapena.com lots of great resources and information over there i'll link to the uh the latest the end of her and uh yeah where else do you want to connect uh with listeners uh, um, and your readers out there well i'll just point out that um if you go to my website and look under the events page um, yeah. You can click on click on those links and watch them for free. Um, and I'm also on Twitter and I'm also on Instagram. And I have to say, Instagram is where my readers really connect with me. I have thousands of people on Instagram, and they're very active. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, and also, also, I have a Facebook author page, and I get a lot of people on there asking me stuff too. All right. Well, we will definitely connect to all those things in the show notes i'll drop some links in there yeah uh a quick fun one if you could have dinner with any author from any era um all expenses paid of course who would you take and uh where would you take them oh gosh even dead people <laughs> sure yeah oh you know what i i i go for dinner with agatha christie yeah and we'd go to the old swan hotel oh <laughs> Sounds like think, the beginnings of a yeah. That that's where she um where she hid away when she had her fugue state and uh, ran away from her life and her husband and lost her memory and ended up at the Old Spoon Hotel. <laughs> I think it would be fun. And I would ask her point blank: Was she making up the fugue state, or yeah. is it did she really have the amnesia? That's what I would do. Oh yeah, I think that sounds like a great premise for a time travel piece, <laughs> alternate universe. But yeah. um. Yeah. Uh, quick other question is: uh, Do you have any um, adaptations in the works? Any movie or small uh, screen stuff? Nothing that's being made yet. I mean, the most hopeful one is um, Paramount TV has the rights to the couple next door, which Ooh. they look to be uh, working on, um, but it hasn't started uh, filming yet. Gotcha. I mean, the pandemic pandemic has put a monkey wrench and a lot of things but i would love to see that For one sure. made into a tv series absolutely uh, yeah but yeah no nothing made yet all right 
Well, um, to wrap it, uh, your brief advice to fellow scribes on just how to keep the cursor moving and the ink flowing. Um, just for me, I think if you make it a habit, you know, right at the same place, same time every day, have a word count, even if it's small, and then just get into the habit of doing that. And if you do it consistently, your story will take on a bit of a life of its own. I find if I get a lot of interruptions, if I write for two days, then take a day off or two days off, then I have to, it's harder to get back into the flow of it. Yeah. So I would try and sit down every day systematically. And even if you only do 500 words a day, you know, eventually you'll have a book. It doesn't take that long. And then no, always no. remember, always remember that revision, revision, revision. It doesn't matter if your first draft is bad. It's amazing what you can fix up. Really, take it from me. <laughs> I love that. Lean on your craft. Well, we're going to let you go. And thank you so much for your wisdom. Best of luck with everything. And uh, please come back and chat with us again. Oh, thank you, Kelvin. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Writer Files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us. You can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. 